Podcast. My name is James Strong, joined once again by my co-host, Cody Tanner. Cody, how are you this fine Monday evening? James, I'm doing fantastic, uh, enjoying life, getting ready for a fun upcoming weekend. How are you doing, James? <laughs> doing quite well. Had a fun wedding this weekend. Congratulations to Catherine and Justin Yezzy. Catherine, formerly a doll camper, if that's a familiar name around these eerie parts to you folks. Unfortunately, um, the, he's a Browns fan, but that we can we can let it slide for a weekend. Yeah, he's a good guy, though. You know, it's the worst thing you can say about him is he's a Browns fan. That's, that's he's a pretty good dude. Yeah. Um, so, how are you? How are you? How are you? Good, man. Good. Feeling good. Today's a, a good day so far. So awesome. We're going to hope for it to continue that way. It, it will. We are going to talk about OTAs. We're going to talk about position battles. That is the main goal of today's podcast, today's episode. Um, so, James, OTAs are, oh, excuse me, I guess minicamp. OTAs are actually over. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the second camp. round of OTAs are done now. So, we've been hearing all kinds of rumors as to what's going on there. We're going to talk about that a little bit as we talk about the training camp battles. Uh, also, training camp starts officially july 27th mini camp starts tomorrow it's like Dang. a three-day mini camp so uh it gets a little bit more serious with mini camp as there's going to be a, some actual offense versus defense no full-on collision that's not allowed yet in mini camp not until nope. you get the training camp nope um, but it is it, it's called mini for a reason it's it's a small version of training camp but it is fast and furious the, and there's a lot yeah. of things that they can get out of that so that's very good. yeah you start getting some seven on seven some nine on nine some more realistic stuff yep. football and shells at least so yeah yeah absolutely uh but let's go ahead and start we're gonna go like basically through how you would normally look at a at a roster it goes you know quarterback running back wide receiver tight end all this stuff uh fullback mixed in there uh we're gonna go over the entire training camp battles that we believe you need to watch out now quarterback we don't even need to talk about uh there's no battle. One, two, three, set. and all are all set. Yeah. Pretty set. Set in so. stone, pretty much. Running backs, James. Yeah, we've got a little bit of a roster battle going on there. Uh, obviously, positions one and two are in stone. Najee Harris, Jalen Warren. Uh, couldn't be happier. It's the best one-two punch Pittsburgh's had at running back. Thunder and Lightning, they're calling them. Thunder and Lightning. Yeah, which is weird because Jalen Warren isn't necessarily all that fast. But no. uh I guess he's the smaller of the two. It's like so... thunder and thunder. It's like yeah, that's thunder, what I was thinking. Thunder and mini thunder. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what you want to call it. Thunder and boomstick. I don't know what you want to call them, but it's thunder like, strike. Yeah, it's more, thunder strike. I yeah, don't know something. Yeah, it's more thunder and thunder. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but both of them are just Earth quick enough. Quake. So. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like the old tag teams. Uh, what was it? tugboat in earthquake the natural disaster i don't they remember them. that one i remember the, the only one one of the only ones i remember was the carolina panthers when they had i think it was d'angelo williams actually and tolbert yeah mike tolbert um if i'm not mistaken i don't remember what they called him but that's like one of the first tandem wide like running back backfields that i remember hearing about mm -hmm. um but yeah, yeah anthony mcfarlane uh is kind of the guy you'd expect to win job number three especially since we released master teague I believe Master yeah. Teague was a, a very potential winner of that position, but now that he's gone, it's Anthony McFarlane kind of fighting for that position himself against the rest of the guys on the team. Yeah, the only one that really is a significant name to me is going to be Darius Hagens. 
Uh, he's the most recently signed guy. That's the six foot, almost 210 pounds mm-hmm. the guy that ran a four, four, eight, 40, 26 reps on the bench. He's got a great college resume. Uh, he even has experience as a gunner on special teams. Uh, so I do believe that he's going to give Anthony McFarland a good fight, uh, especially then, since I think he's a little bigger than Anthony McFarland, and that will go to his advantage. Who are you looking at on special teams? Haggins. Um, yeah, Darius Haggins. Yes. Yeah, Haggins is noticeably bigger than him uh, compared to the five eight one ninety three frame on McFarland. He's six foot two ten. So, yeah, a little bit bigger. Little bigger. Yeah, yeah, a little stockier build to him, no doubt. So. Um, We'll see. Uh, again, we're anxious to see these guys once it gets to the preseason games. Uh, but it's nice at least being so confident in the top two. Yeah. Oh, very much yeah. so. Yeah, I always liked um, Benny Snell as a backup running back. I think I thought he even had potential as a possible starter when they drafted Najee Harris. Uh, but it became very clear last year that he was the the distant third in comparison to to Jalen Warren and yep. Najee Harris and wasn't really any reason to keep him around uh, if there was any potential for him to get snaps somewhere else because he was never going to get it in Pittsburgh behind those two. Nope. So um, he's the only kind of wild card. He's still a free agent out there. So if Pittsburgh doesn't like any of the guys here, maybe they bring him back on a veteran minimum. You never know. You never know. Absolutely. Uh, next position we're going to go over is fullback. Again, Connor Hayward is listed technically as a fullback. He's never mm-hmm. actually played the position. And then Pittsburgh went out and signed an undrafted guy, Monte Potabom? Potaboom. 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 The guy, if you haven't seen pictures of him, looks like a weird combination of like Jack Lambert and I don't know, Jack Ham, maybe. I don't know. He, he fits the role. <laughs> he fits the mold of like a, a, a typical Pittsburgh Steeler, like hard nosed, just guy that's going to go out there and sacrifice his body for a play. Um, they call him Monty the mullet. Monty he, he's the, he just that traditional thick boy fullback. He looks uh, like a country boy. He looks like yeah, a country boy. Definitely. He grew up on the farm. He was throwing hay yeah. bales. He went to Iowa. Like this, <laughs> he's a true fullback. This is a lead blocker. You know, go and find the middle linebacker and plant him on his ass, kind of like, like dude, Mike Allstott two point yeah, except nowhere <laughs> near Allstott, as accomplished as yeah. a running back. Mike yeah. Allstott ran yeah. a lot more. Yeah, like a like a Dan Kreider type for any of those listening yeah. that are my age or older. Like I just remember him. Really thick. Okay, he, he was blocking for the bus okay. back in the day. He was. He, he was, was number thirty-five. Yes, sir. I that remember. Dude was real thick. He yeah, was. Kreider was one heck of a blocker. Now we want to uh, make sure and, to say with this that we do not believe Connor Hayward position on the team is at risk he will be on the team no matter what it's a matter of if he's going to be the starting fullback or not yeah yeah we we believe that although this is technically a battle for the starting fullback on the team that if monty potaboom looks incredible and there's no way you can keep him off the roster and he's got to be your blocking fullback there's still situations that you're going to line up connor hayward and then throw the ball to him yeah Um, there's still a role for Connor Hayward on the team because he is a very skilled football player and, and a skilled receiver of the football. There's still chances he plays fullback position if you put him in there as a decoy and, and the team's yeah. gonna think you're gonna pass, then you run on him. Like he's 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 capable yep. of playing the role. Um yeah. and capable when you line I think up he's in that capable of formation. Oh yeah. And I think he's capable yeah, of starting out. but this guy could just be the real deal and could just be the fullback, the the natural 
athletic fullback powerhouse that Pittsburgh could be looking for to get in front of Najee. Because half the time, Najee's disability or inability, I should say, uh, to make runs happen is he's getting hit in the backfield. Put a fullback there, he's taking that first hit. Yeah, absolutely. And then maybe he can start having that first contact be on the other side of the line of scrimmage instead of behind it. That'd be that nice. That would be very nice. <laughs> uh, so with that being said, the tight end position, we do feel the top three positions are a lock. Uh, really the only wild card being whether they consider Connor Hayward as the fourth tight end. If Potaboom gets uh, onto the roster or if they just keep three and Connor ends up the fullback or whatever. Uh, but we do expect Gentry to be virtually a lock on this team right now. Yep. Um, speaking of virtual locks, the offensive line, the top eight are locks, right? Our starting five is basically set with Broderick Jones, Isaac Siamalu, Mason Cole, James Daniels, Chuk Sakura, four left to right. Uh, that's expected to be the starting offensive line unit. Uh, that being said, Dan Moore is going to make the team, whether he's the starting left tackle or he's the, the number one backup tackle. Yep. Kevin Dotson, same thing. He's going to make the team. Nick Herbig, they didn't go out and sign him for $4 million a year to not make the team. He's going to make the team. So the top eight set in stone. But then it's a really kind of wide open thing. And the biggest name of all the next group being Kendrick Green, but also the biggest disappointment of the next group of guys. 100%. Uh, so – yeah, interior-wise, you got Kendrick Green uh, and then Spencer Anderson. We can't forget about him, the seventh-round draft pick. Yep. Versatility to play center, guard, and tackle. That might allow him to edge out Kendrick Green for that additional interior swing man kind of spot. Last year, we saw a little bit of William Dunkel at center in the preseason. Uh, bigger, thicker dude. Wouldn't have the issues getting pushed back that Kendrick Green does also. Uh, so it's going to be a tough camp for Kendrick Green, but he's going to get an opportunity to prove himself. Um, offensive tackle four position also straight up in the open last year. They only yeah. kept three tackles. And they very no well could. They're going to keep a fourth. Yeah, they very well could yeah, only keep but, three. Yeah, you would assume LaRaven Clark to be the favorite if they do keep a fourth. Uh, but there is also Jared Williams and Dylan Cook also. So there is a little bit of a battle going on there. And I feel like basically however many they're going to keep, they usually keep at least nine offensive linemen. Yep. And right now I have no clue who the ninth dude's going to be none. No, no, you have to, like you said, Kendrick green's the biggest name, but again, this is the guy that we drafted so high overall and just came out and has not performed. How much do you want to continue to invest in a guy that's just not performing? Um, maybe give a younger guy another chance. And it's not like he's old to clarify. He's only 24. Um, but it's unfortunate that like you can't fix his arm length. You can't fix some of the things that no. are, just happen to be the way that they are, unfortunately. Um, but then James... No, and if his third preseason, he's still getting pushed back the same way as he first two years, then it's Done. probably not fixable, and you might as well just move on. Yeah. Uh, and James, you mentioned this before the show, and I'm going to kind of steal the thunder with it right now. This yeah, is probably the, the deepest roster we've had at offensive line since I've been a Steelers fan, for sure, and probably yeah. even since you have. Uh, the fact that there's eight guys going to training camp that we know are going to make the team and could all potentially start if needed to is huge. Um, yeah. And it's going to help us a lot with, you know, you think about just two or three years ago when we had got offensive linemen go down, we were screwed. Uh, I'm less worried. I don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't want anyone to get year. hurt. I know exactly. Yeah. I don't want anyone to get hurt, but I'm, <laughs> I'm more like we're, we're set for it. We're ready. We're prepared. So 
yeah it's nice to have that in yep. the background um yeah well, we i don't know when the last time was we had a backup offensive tackle with a resume like dan moore where he's actually looked pretty good at times yep. yeah he's he's been bad at times too he he had a lot of penalties last year it was something like nine or ten penalties against him and very similar number for kevin dotson like one off so like one had ten the other had nine or vice versa you know um but they had very dominant moments as run blockers and good moments as pass blockers. So uh, happy to have both of them as high quality backups at their positions with a lot of starting experience. And Nick Herbert being somebody that they thought so highly of that he was the first offensive lineman they brought in in the, in the off season. Yep. So excited to happy see with what, the top eight. Excited to see what happens with that ninth position. If they even keep nine, I'm assuming they will. Uh, yeah, they the, yeah. So we'll see what happens. Wide receiver, uh, one through four are basically locks in in mine and James's opinion. You got yes. George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, uh, Calvin Austin the third, and Allen Robinson the third as well. Uh, those guys are all locks. Then you got guys like Miles Boykin, Anthony Miller, Gunnar Olszewski, Cody White, Hakeem Butler, and Des Fitzpatrick. Des Fitzpatrick, a guy from Louisville, just a few years ago, you and I were talking highly of in the draft process. He's on the yeah. team. He's got a winner starting spot. Uh, I believe the guys here that have the best chance of making the team being Miles Boykin and probably Gunnar Olszewski just for their special teams abilities. And Gunnar Olszewski's isn't nowhere near as high as it used to be with his muffing problem that he's had recently. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think these guys need to prove that they can be gunners and jammers on special teams. And if any of them can prove any kind of return capability, that's going to help them immensely. Because right now it's a big question mark as to who the punt and kick return guys are going to be. Uh, Miles Boykin, like you said, excellent, excellent gunner on special teams. Yep. So I would say he's got the leg up of being the fifth wide receiver at this point. Yep. Uh, but after that, Big question mark. You know, Anthony Miller's a, a former second round pick. Gunnar Olszewski at his best was a Pro Bowl level return guy. Um, Akeem Butler was a fourth round pick. Cody White's been a practice squad guy for years now. Uh, and Des Fitzpatrick, he was a draft pick of, of some sort, I believe, as well. So you've got some pedigree in these guys here and some skill level too. And I would love to see a fully healthy Anthony Miller because I feel like if he goes through the entire preseason fully healthy, that he's probably going to run away with it. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Um, moving to the defensive side of the ball, James, let's talk about nose tackle. Yes. Yeah. I think that the nose tackle two position is what we're looking at here. Both of us believe Keanu Benton will easily win the starting job at nose tackle. Hopefully it doesn't take all preseason for them to see that, but <laughs> I do believe it's going to happen for sure. Um, Montrevious Adams versus Braden Fahoko is what I'm looking at as the nose tackle battle. I believe the rest of the guys on the roster are a little more defensive end type that could play D tackle in the nickel situation, but not true nose tackles. And Pittsburgh likes to keep at least two of those. Yeah. Uh, so that's what you're looking at on the battle. I feel like Montrevious Adams last year was very okay and had a few moments where he just kind of got washed away. Uh, never really had any moments of excelling at all. Uh, Braden Fahoko seems to be a little bit thicker of a dude, and I won't be surprised if he wins that battle for that spot. Also, that'll save him like a million bucks in salary cap space. Uh, so 
don't let that be an undersold part of it. Same thing with Gunnar Olszewski. If he doesn't make the roster, they're going to save like a million bucks. So yeah, um, those kind of things could play into it, especially when you still don't know what's going on with the Alex Highsmith extension, which is expected to be very soon. And the rumor is that it's in the works, you know, it's happening. Uh, so you might need to free up a couple extra million bucks and it's easy to do. If two guys are that close, as far as the skill level, man, keep the cheaper dude. Yep. hundred percent. Uh, defensive end. We believe the first three are locks. So there's a battle for defensive end four. uh, the two biggest names that pop out here are Isaiah Loudermilk, who again is a guy that I think I don't want to see Pittsburgh give up on yet. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what he has to, to offer. He's only been in the year uh, league, excuse me, three years. Uh, and then the other guys, Armand Watts. The benefit of him coming on the team is it's kind of like having another Watt, but there's just more of them. It's plural. Watts. <laughs> it's uh, plural. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, again, yeah, no. it's and I'm, I'll admit I'm biased to Isaiah Loudermilk because I, with his draft process, was very excited. You know, we traded back into the fifth round a few years ago to pick him up. So. You got to imagine yeah. they saw something and I'd like to see what they saw play out on the field. So we'll see what happens with that. one. It, and they traded away a future fourth to get that pick in the fifth round. Uh, so you really want to see it pan off. And I don't know that any of us ever, you know, saw that draft pick in the fifth round and said, Oh my God, this is the next cam Hayward. Uh, but we would love to see a high quality backup defensive lineman going into year three. He's really got to prove it. Yep. Um, especially against the run. He needs to be at this point uh, at his big boy strength. He needs to be a guy that's not easily moved, that can do a little bit of stack and shed and get some of those ball carriers to the ground right at the line of scrimmage or maybe even behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, I'm with Cody on this one. I really want to see Isaiah Loudermilk win this. Uh, I like what I've seen of Armand Watts on tape. It looks like he's got a little bit of pass rush ability, uh, which may give him an edge in this competition because uh, they are looking for guys that can get after the quarterback. Uh, but I feel like this is not a project they're willing to give up on quite yet. And if he can show some improvement from last year, I think he's going to get that fourth spot. But uh, in case we didn't make it crystal clear, the top three, Cam Hayward, Larry Ogunjobi, the Marvin Liao. Uh, so those are your your locks at the position. Larry Ogunjobi. Yeah, Larry, they're saying, looks like an absolute beast so far. Interesting. He was playing on one foot half the year last year, so. That's fair. That is fair. Um, next position is going to be uh, the outside linebacker position. We believe the top four. No, excuse me. I'm yeah, top four. Top four? Yeah, top four. Basically locks, man. Cam, you have, or Cam, you have TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith. Yeah. Um, Golden. Golden. Marcus Golden. And, and then I, and, and Herbig. Nick Herbig. Herbig. Yeah. A fourth round pick, you're not cutting him. Nope. Like uh, the dude led all of college football in sacks last year. Like he's he's a skilled pass rusher uh, whose biggest limitation is his arm length. So if we're looking at that being the only thing, and he's a pretty athletic dude, he showed pretty good measurables as far as his jumping capability and change direction and strength and all that stuff really showed well. He's going to make the roster because even if for some reason, let's say he just thinks it up at outside linebacker, they're going to give him a shot to, to move the middle linebacker. And they're not going to cut him. Uh, so I really do feel like those top four positions are completely locked in. But that being said, 
Marcus Golden is a 32-year-old backup outside linebacker. They're not going to ask him to play special teams. They expect their backup outside linebackers to play special teams. So I think it's highly likely that a fifth outside linebacker is kept, which is where Quincy Roche gets his opportunity to shine. And then some of these other younger guys, some undrafted guys, is going to give them some competition, uh, like the David Perala, some of those kind of guys. Yeah, and if you're uh, like, so- hey, now these guys are going to push him, that's what everyone thought about Jalen Warren as an undrafted guy, and he's now the second mm-hmm. string running back on the team. So. And yeah, it, that's there's no competition for it. Yep. No. And they kept two fullbacks that year because Rosie Nix was so good on special teams. They couldn't keep him off the team. Yep. Uh, middle linebacker two through four are basically up for debate. And it's mostly due to scheming. Um, I don't think that I think there's a lot of these guys that we expect to make the roster, but it's just a matter of how they're going to be schemed into it. Like I, I believe that Mark Robinson's going to be on the team. I believe that uh, Landon Roberts is going to be on the team. Uh, you could make the argument that Tanner, I think they're going to keep four middle linebackers. Um, yeah, they always keep at least four, sometimes five or six. Yeah, and so I think Tanner Muse is dang near a lock too. I believe the they're all locks. Is it's the just order. schemes. It's just schemes. Yeah, um, the, the order is completely up for grabs. I think Cole Holcomb is a slam dunk number one middle linebacker, but our defense you run two on every play, and sometimes so it's a safety depending on the depending yeah. on the situation. So. Yeah, yeah, we got a feeling that what we're going to see some of this year, and just to be a little transparent before we get to the safety position, is that on those like third and long situations, um, they're probably just going to move Keanu Neal, the middle linebacker next to Cole Holcomb, unless these other guys look like they're really good throughout the season as pass specialists, and then you just let it play out so that they can be there all the time. Uh, But you just let DeMonte KZ play safety on one side opposite of Minka. You move Keanu Neal down into middle linebacker next to Cole Holcomb. He's played that previously. Yep. Uh, that gives you probably your best case scenario in those coverage situations um, in somebody that can do it and has done it. Uh, just Keanu Neal is not the greatest against the pass. Uh, but as a middle linebacker would be a better option than maybe an Landon Roberts, who's completely lost in space when it comes to going against the pass. So yeah, not ideal, not ideal at all. Um, so there's a lot of things that could happen there. Again, some of the safeties that they might keep might have to do with the multi-positional ability and stuff like that. So we'll get to that later. Like you said, cornerbacks, James, we believe one, two, and three are locks. I yes. personally believe four. I want four you to be a lock it. in the I worst know. way. I, I know. I just don't. I I don't want to call a seventh round guy a roster lock. Fair. Like I, I feel like history has shown us that it's not a good decision to call that guy a lock. That being said, I have not been shy about really liking Corey Trice from the draft selection uh, on through everything we've heard about him. Tim having a a day in in training camp there where he had three pass breakups and a pick all in one day. Uh, The kid is basically everything they're looking for in an outside cornerback. Uh, So Levi Wallace, uh, Patrick Peterson, Joey Porter Jr. Those are our three locks. I'm sure you knew exactly who we're talking about on this. Uh, Corey Trice, we are both hoping to be lock number four. Uh, past that, then you got James Pierre, Shandon Sullivan, Duke Dawson, and then a slew of other guys with random amounts of experience. Uh, they almost always keep at least six corners. 
this year might be a little funky because some of these guys might be classified as a safety, but also play slot corner. Weird. Uh, so that's kind of who we're looking at on there. You think that James Pierre would kind of have an edge um, with his experience as a gunner. He's a pretty good one. Yep. So he might have an opportunity there. Shandon Sullivan was literally brought in to be the slot corner. Patrick Peterson's been getting a lot of practice at slot corner. If I had to guess right now, I'd go Trice, Pierre Sullivan, Duke Dawson on the outside looking in. But Duke Dawson's a former second round pick who has played a lot of slot corner. So you just don't know how this is going to play out. Uh, it's nice to have options. We'll put it that way. It is. It's very nice to have options. And you never know. This could be a weird year where they keep one less at another position to keep one more. Like they do that from time to time. They'll keep a less offensive lineman or a defensive mm-hmm. lineman to do this or that. So it'll be very interesting to see what they do. The fact that we're going to be keeping either a fourth tight end or potentially a second fullback is interesting with uh, the fullback battle there, but I'm excited to see what they do. And I do believe that Corey Trice is a lock at least for the start of the year. I'm not saying he's a lock number four. There's a chance he could drop in the depth chart, but I think he's a lock for the 55 or 53 man roster. I should say. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'll put them on my prediction when, when the time comes, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. for sure. Exactly. Uh, safeties, <laughs> safety battles. Uh, one, two, and three, James and I both believe are locked. Minka Fitzpatrick, DeMonte Casey, and Keanu Neal. Uh, yeah. One with the Minka's self-explanatory. KZ with the ability to play different positions. Uh, Neal with the ability to play, play different positions. And quite frankly, uh, KZ played very, very well last year when he played. Um, he and he wasn't a weak spot on the defense, which is what you've seen a lot out of uh, these other safeties that aren't named Fitzpatrick's on, on the Steelers team recently. So it's, yeah. it was nice to yeah. get that, that production from him for sure. Yeah. Literally the only bad thing anybody can say about the Monte KZ is his size. Like on the field, he's an excellent football player. He's a great safety. He's great in coverage. He's got good instincts. He hits people hard for how small he is, man. And that might be part of why he ends up getting injured for being such a small dude. And that's the only reason that it's like, Man, I wish he was 20 pounds heavier and two inches taller because then I'd just say, start him at strong safety and Keanu kneels your back up and let's just be over it. Uh, but the lack of size is what I'm concerned about. But I think in these passing situations, you're not worried about your your strong safety, if you want to call it that, being that typical 210 to 220 pound dude. It's okay if he's 185 pounds because you're just back there trying to back up, break up passes. Yep. You're just trying to pick the ball off and you need to be quick and you need to know where to be. And DeMonte Casey is all those things. So I love him for coverage. Uh, that's the number one thing you want a safety to be able to do well anyway. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we're looking forward to that. But the fourth through question mark is what we're calling it. Uh, whether it be Trey Norwood, Miles Killebrew, Elijah Riley, Kenny Robinson. Um, a lot of versatility in this crew. Trey Norwood is a pretty decent slot corner. Miles Killebrew is a phenomenal punt blocker. <laughs> yeah. Not, not last year, but the not year before. blocking two of the punt, but blocking a punt. <laughs> Let's clarify. Actually blocked two in one well, season. It was like a, yeah. the first time in Steelers history that somebody had done that. Yeah. Uh, and then you get the Elijah Riley, a true safety who looked really good in that final preseason game last year. Yep. Uh, didn't get much of a chance to show it during the regular season. Uh, but apparently has been getting a lot of reps at nickel corner in the in this uh, preseason process so far and has looked pretty good doing so. Uh, so again, looking forward to seeing some actual footage of this, looking forward to seeing him in games. I want someone to to take over this spot. 
I feel like the number four and five safety spots have been kind of place fillers. Like Miles Kilbrew is not a very good safety. No. Trey Norwood last year was a bad safety. Yep. Like I want the number four guy to be somebody who has actual capability and can be a and decent I safety. believe they want the number four guy to be a guy that can come in and play slot corner if they need it. That's what yeah. I feel like, which is very unfortunate. But yeah. Well, and you know what? If if that's what it ends up being, but the guy is actually an upgraded safety too, I'm okay with it, man. Like I like I'm a big fan of of seeing some some capability out of Elijah Riley and seeing him get used this preseason. I think that there's potential there. Um, and he's young still too. Uh, Kenny Robinson, a young dude too, right there, Cody, what, only like 24 years old. Yeah. 16, 24, 25 pounds. years old came from West Virginia. Just hmm. saying. So probably no good. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> <We're> good. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so the last I'm position, kidding. the last position we we're going to talk West about Virginia. It's okay. <laughs> I don't love West Virginia. I love a lady in West Virginia. That's beside the point. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the last position we're talking about because there's no boss for president. He's the kicker. He's the Christian Kuchis, yeah, the long Boz snapper, the just the way it is. Uh, yeah, there Mike, isn't even another long snapper on no. the team right Mike now. Mike Tomlin is your coach, guys. There's no competition there in training camp, just so you're aware. No. Uh, punter position, Presley Harvin the third. They did bring in a multiple Pro Bowler, if I'm not mistaken. Multi- no, no Pro Bowler? No. Really? I could have swore he had one. Anyways. No. Uh, but he's slightly better than than Presley Harvin the third by the numbers. By the numbers, um, he is older. But yeah. Brandon Mann, uh, guy coming in that's going to at least push Presley Harvin to be better is what we want minimum. Yeah, this is going to be best man wins. Another guy with experience kicking in cold weather as he was coming from the Jets most recently. Uh, so you're not going to have to worry about can he handle kicking in Pittsburgh? He can handle it. He's done a similar thing up there in New York. Uh, they moved on from him. They they weren't happy with his services. Uh, but when you look at like the the net yards per punt, the average yards, uh, that sort of thing, he did average better numbers than Presley Harvin the last couple of years. Uh, so it is good competition for Presley Harvin. I want Presley Harvin to be an awesome punter in the worst way. He's just been so doggone inconsistent. Um, this is not me bashing him. This is me saying, man, he's, he's got a thunderous leg. If he could just stay consistent with it, he could be a top five punter in the NFL. But in his first two seasons, he's been very inconsistent, unfortunately. And I was, I knew I was thinking of something about it. Uh, it was, <laughs> he it was not NFL awards. It was the college award. Was uh, he a Ray guy winner? He was the Ray guy winner. So yeah. Best college. Yeah, I think Presley Harvin was a Ray guy, dude. Also, that doesn't surprise me. So, yeah, they, they usually do that. Pittsburgh usually brings in Ray guy. I mean, that's it's not a bad decision, you know. No, you could bring in all Heisman Trophy winners. That'd be pretty good. Well, you know what? Some of them have just been bad. We're not Some Fred Bolitnikov winners. Hey, there you go. There you go. Shout um, out Erie. <laughs> shout out Erie. Exactly. Uh, I don't know what happened here. Real quick. Hang on one second. Somebody turned off Cody's lights. What the heck? Uh, there we go. We fixed it. Don't worry. We're back. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, we'll see what happens with the the punter battle. I think that'll be exciting to see. And I think that again, at the worst, Brandon Mann is gonna push him to be better. Uh, Presley Harvin to be better. Yeah. So, uh, with that being said, yep. that's gonna wrap up today's show. James, anything you want to add? 
nothing too crazy. Looking forward to uh, the next couple weeks here. We're going to give you a breakdown of what we hear on minicamp uh, next week because that'll be fully wrapped up. It's Tuesday through Thursday this week. Uh, also, don't forget to give us those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts or any platform. Don't care if you even do it on our Facebook page and give us a five-star review there too. Absolutely. Uh, it's been a while since any of our friends have hooked us up there. Uh, shout out to the listeners in Germany too, seeing a strong push in Germany again recently. So appreciate you guys. Awesome. So again, we can't thank you guys enough for listening or watching. If you're on YouTube again, be sure to like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Subscribe, ring the bell. It's free. And until next time, this is your host, James and Cody signing off. Peace.